It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Yankees, your daily podcast covering the New York Yankees. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can listen and follow for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can play Locked On Yankees on your smart speakers by saying, play podcast Locked On Yankees. You can also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, and you can email questions or comments to LockedOnNYY at gmail.com. I'm your host, Stacey Gatsoulias. I'm an author of Baseball Prospectus, and I run their local Yankee site, BP Bronx. I've been a Yankee fan pretty much since birth, and I have another confession to make. Yesterday, I told you all that I have never watched The Sandlot. Today, I'm telling you that I've never watched Major League Two, and there's a reason for it. I am diametrically opposed to movie sequels. Now, I know you might be thinking, but what about movies like the Star Wars trilogies? Those don't count. Neither does The Godfather, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and movies like those who actually have a need for sequels to complete the story. But films like Major League 2 and 3 are just unnecessary, in my humble opinion. So what's coming up on the show today? Well, we will preview this series against... Baltimore, the worst team in baseball. We'll look ahead to the Yankees' remaining schedule. And I'm going to keep segment three a secret. You'll have to keep listening to find out what I'm talking about. So first up, the Baltimore Orioles have surpassed the 90-loss plateau. They are 2-10 in their last 12 games, which includes a 16-5 thrashing by the Mets and a four-game sweep at home by the Red Sox. The bottom line is the Orioles are not good, and the Ori- the Yankees excuse me, shouldn't lose to them, but somehow they find ways to do it. Now, this weekend's series is a four-game set with a doubleheader on Saturday. The added 105 game is a makeup game for a rainout back on June 3rd. So the p- pitching matchups that we know of are Friday nights, Saturday afternoons, and Sunday nights. There was a report that Sonny Gray would be starting the second game of the doubleheader, but it's not listed officially anywhere, so the Saturday night game is still up in the air for both teams. On Friday night, CeCe Sabathia is making his return to the rotation following a DL stint. His uh, bulky knee was bothering him again, and I feel him on that. I've been dealing with knee problems since I'm a teenager. Sabathia will be matched up against Alex Cobb, who is 4-15 and 15 with a 5.09 ERA. Sabathia is coming into this game with a 7-4 and four record and a 3.32 ERA. Cobb had a really great start his last time on the mound. He held Cleveland to two runs and pitched a complete game, and the Orioles won 4-2. Sabathia's last outing was back on August 12th, against the Rangers. He went six innings, gave up one hit, didn't give up a run, walked three, and struck out six. 
Now, Saturday afternoon's game pits J.A. Happ against a pitcher named TBD. I'm just kidding. The Orioles haven't decided who's pitching on Saturday in either game. And Happ has not lost a game since coming over to the Yankees. So now he'll lose because I said that. On Sunday night, Luis Severino will be looking for win number 17 on the season, and he'll be matched up against Dylan Bundy. Severino has hit some sort of a wall, and he hasn't been able to climb over it, so to speak. Now, his last outing produced a win against Toronto, but he had 100 pitches after six innings, and that's becoming a problem for him recently. On August 3rd against the Red Sox, he threw 115 pitches in only five and two-thirds. He seems to be having issues getting people out as efficiently as he did earlier this season. And in his last four starts, he's allowed four home runs, which includes two given up against the Mets on August 13th. Even worse than that, Dylan Bundy's last three outings have not been good. He's given up seven runs in each of them, and his longest outing in those starts was on August 15th when he went five and a third in that 16-5 drubbing by the Mets. His last start against the Yankees was on July 11th when he gave up five runs and four innings, and the Yankees went on to win the game 9-0. The Orioles are 8-16 and when Bundy pitches, and he is 7-12 and with a 5.31 ERA. Now, switching to the Yankees' offense, heading into tonight's game, the only player who's faced Cobb more than 25 times is Brett Gardner, and he's batting 276 against him. The other probable starters haven't faced Cobb much. Austin Romine is batting 111 in nine at-bats, and Giancarlo Stanton is batting 125 in eight at-bats. So the Yankees are 6-6 six and six against Baltimore this season, while Boston is 14-2 and two against them. That is quite a difference. The Yankees can improve their season numbers against the Orioles if they can win the next two series against them. They will meet for the last time in Yankee Stadium September 21st through the 23rd, and it's a three-game set. So we'll get into the Yankees' schedule next. But first, so after this four-game series with the Orioles, the Yankees will be coming home for seven games. Three against the White Sox four against Detroit. Then they'll go out west to face the A's for three and the Mariners for three before heading to Minnesota for three more games. After an off day on September 13th, they'll be home for series against Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Orioles before going back on the road for their last seven games. They're going to be playing four in Tampa, and they're closing out the season in Fenway with three games against the Sox. Now, so far against the White Sox, the Yankees are 3-0. They just swept them recently after they were swept away by Boston. The Yankees are 2-1 and one against Detroit. You remember that series? That was the series when Aaron Hicks hit an inside-the-park home run and a regular into-the-seats type of home run in the same game. The Yankees played Oakland earlier this season before they went on their current tear, and the Yankees won two out of three. Now, this upcoming series against the A's will be a lot different. And who knows, by then the A's may be first place in the AL West by a few games and pulling away from Houston. Or they could be battling for the wild card. It'll be interesting to see what the A's are doing by the time the Yankees play them. The Yankees swept Seattle in three games 
earlier this season at the stadium. Two of them were comeback wins, and one featured a walk-off by Giancarlo Stanton. The Yankees are 4-0 against Minnesota because they're always beating Minnesota. I don't understand that. I really don't understand how the Yankees have had the Twins number since 2002. There are no players remaining from 2002. And it's just, it's, it's insane. And (laughs) even that series, the Yankees won the first three games and then they went into the ninth inning of the Sunday game down three, one with Fernando Rodney on the mound. And then Gary Sanchez hit a three-run walk-off home run against Rodney. Oh, right. Rodney isn't even with the Twins anymore. He is shooting arrows with the A's now. So that's another interesting aspect of that A's series. It will be something to see if the Yankees could hit off Rodney again. So when they return home, after their off day on September 13th, they're playing nine in-division games. So that's an important stretch, especially the three games against the Red Sox from September 18th to the 20th. I mean, it could be important to the Red Sox, (laughs) who could be up by 20 games by then, and it won't matter, Um, but we'll see. So after the last homestand of the season, the Yankees will be heading down to St. Petersburg, where they've had some trouble this season. And they've also had trouble against Tampa when they're not in Tropicana Field. They're 7-8 and against the Rays. And they dropped 2 out of 3 at home to the Rays just last week. And finally, we have the Red Sox series in Fenway, the end of the regular season. I would prefer for the Red Sox to be out of reach from the Yankees that weekend. And I would prefer that the Yankees would be so far ahead in the wild card that even if they got swept three games, it wouldn't matter. Because I really don't want a situation where the Yankees are leading the wild card by one game and then the Red Sox play spoiler and sweep them. That just wouldn't be great. And I just put that out into the universe. And I shouldn't have done that. I need to take those words and put them back in my mouth. Forget I said anything. (laughs) Just forget I said anything. Oh boy. Anyway, so the seven games that they're playing at home coming up against the White Sox and Detroit ends the run of playing teams under 500. So the schedule gets a little tougher in September, and they do have those series against the Blue Jays and Orioles. Although, like I said, they keep having trouble beating the Orioles, but hopefully they'll turn things around and the season series will be a little more lopsided in the Yankees' favor. That would be a nice thing. Because, like I said, they've crossed the 90-loss plateau. And so have the Royals. The Royals are almost as bad as the Orioles. Isn't that strange? I don't think there's... I don't think there's been two teams in the same league to reach 90 wins, 90 wins, 90 losses this soon. 
And this is really, really bad. It's so embarrassing that the Yankees have lost six games to the Orioles. And I I know people are going to say, the Yankees have won 79 games. But the Orioles, I don't even think they've won 40 games yet. And six of those wins are are against the Yankees. That's embarrassing. That's all I have to say about that. Up next, the mystery segment. But first... So there are some things happening around Major League Baseball. Yesterday, the news was that Matt Harvey was claimed on waivers by a team, and people didn't know which team it was. Well, we found out today that it's the Brewers. And a trade with the Reds at the time of the recording of this podcast needs to be finished in a half an hour, <laughs> twelve thirty p.m. Central Time, and I apologize for how late this podcast is. We had a cat emergency in the house. Actually, it's ongoing, so I'll let you guys know on Monday's podcast if everything went okay. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I was talking about the A's. I for- completely forgot about this. Chris Davis, the Chris with a K, has taken over the Major League Baseball lead in home runs. He hit his 39th home run of the season yesterday. So he's now one one ahead of J.D. Martinez. And he has 103 RBIs, which is six behind Martinez, who leads the majors. Over the past five games, Davis has hit five home runs. And he's eight for 15 with those five home runs. And it was his 10th home run of the month, which ties him with Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves, who was also playing out of his mind for such a young kid. He's very poised for a young kid. It's amazing. He, he seems to own the Marlins and hit another home run against them. And then... I believe he was hit by another pitch. There seemed to be a little bit of a bean war going, bean ball war going on between the two teams. On August 15th, Jose Urania, <laughs> he hit Okunia with the first pitch of the game. And this was after he had hit two home runs the night before, including a leadoff home run. He had a streak of leadoff home runs that was ended by a hit-by-pitch. And the Marlins claimed that Urania did it on his own, that they didn't call for him to hit Acuna. So, yeah, that's a whole drama. But in Thursday night's game, Acuna was hit by a pitch in the sixth inning. He didn't leave the game with an injury, which is good. And let's see, NL Central. Cole Hamels is doing pretty well now that he's a member of the Cubs. He was supported by his offense, including Javi Baez, who hit a 481-foot home run It's the longest at Wrigley this season. 
481 feet. That's incredible. <laughs> like, that's really 481 feet. I mean, I know Aaron Judge hit a 495 foot home run last year, and I think Stanton hit one over 500 with Miami last season. But Javi Baez isn't built like those two guys. So, him hitting a 481 home run, 481 foot home run, is I don't know. It's incredible to me. And as for Hamels, he's made five starts with the Cubs since coming over from the Rangers. He's only given up three earned runs over 34 innings, which works out to a 0.79 ERA. He is also 4-0 so far with the Cubs. And I remember when he was named as a person that was going to be traded at the trade deadline and people were kind of iffy about it because he made four starts for the Rangers in July and he gave up 21 earned runs over 17 innings. So he wasn't doing great. I don't know if it's an ALNL thing, but maybe he's just more comfortable as a National League pitcher. Who knows? And another Cubs story that's kind of sad when you think about it. Poor you Darvish has just had an awful year and he's been shut down for the season with elbow problems. And it's just been a, it's been a disaster. He signed a six year, $126 million contract in February with the Cubs. He only made eight starts this season was one and three with a 4.95 ERA in those eight starts. And he last pitched on May 20th. And he says that he doesn't think that the workload from last year's world series affected him this season. And he didn't feel any pain after that start on May 20th. So that's just, I don't know. It's just, that's just, sad because when you Darvish is on he's a great pitcher to watch so hopefully next season will go better for him and lastly even though I don't want to talk about positive things about the Red Sox David Price is just rolling lately the Red Sox beat the Indians 7 nothing yesterday. They became the first major league team to win 90 games this season. And David Price looked good again. He's 5-0 and with a 1.50 ERA over his last seven starts. And he's 7-2 and with a 2.87 ERA at home. So now Boston fans have nothing to complain about with regards to David Price because he seems to have found a groove. I just can't get over how well the Red Sox are playing. It's crazy. And as for Price, he leads the American League with a 1.09 ERA since the All-Star break. He's only allowed five runs in 41 and a third innings. 
and that's over six starts. And Boston has won 16 of the last 18 starts Price has made. So I think he has battled through his issues and has become another cog in their engine that just won't quit. On that note, I'm going to quit. We've reached the end of the podcast. So thank you for listening. This is Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias, and you can follow me on Twitter at Stace Gots, S-T-A-C-E-G-O-T-S. And once again, you can email us questions at LockedOnNYY at gmail.com, or you can tweet them to Locked On Yankees. We'll be back on Monday, and hopefully we'll be celebrating a Yankee series win. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.